Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, we talk to the super talented Tommy Paris. We talk in depth about his new solo album, Earth Ears, and we revisit his days in Britney Fox. It's a great conversation. Check it out. Well, Tommy, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast, man. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. So, hey, you got an album out right now, Earth Ears. I've been jamming on this all week, man. I've been loving it. Tell everybody about it. Well, I've been working on this before the pandemic, so it's, this has been a long project, probably the longest one I've ever done. So it's definitely longer than I planned on, but you know how that all went. But anyway, finally get some traction again, and uh, it came out at the end of April, so it's just, it's just barely out, but I've been getting great reviews from people, and they're saying, you know, you still have some of the some of the same stuff but you're moving to a few different areas so I'm really getting really cool reactions from it and uh, people like different tunes from it um, it doesn't come back with the, people liking all the same stuff so uh, it's kind of cool it's, it's reactions all over the place you, you made a cool point because you definitely hear like the sound that you're known for in there but there's a lot of other influences that are kind of creeping in well basically it kind of started like this Mike I was I was writing with a drum kit and a piano and a guitar and I wrote a lot uh, with the piano and drums because I wanted to uh, I wanted this album to I wanted to be on the piano a lot yeah. so that was one of the first things yeah that was one of the first reasons that, uh, that, it's, that it moves into that area I've been playing piano my whole life so the piano was nothing new but it, it, when I got into uh, into the music scene and making records and all that I was kind of parked on guitar and I stayed on guitar for forever and I love guitar don't get me wrong it's awesome but I also I love piano and keyboards and stuff so I, I wanted I wanted to start this one out just really with nothing else on the mind except to come up with some some cool sounding jams you know just between drums and piano to start and of course I wrote some of it on guitar and drums um, but that was the initial focus, you know, and that's all fine and good, and then eventually it has to start to turn into songs at some point, but that was the initial impetus of it. Now, I'm hearing some Queen. I'm a big Queen fan. Are you a Queen fan? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Okay, so I'm picking up on the right kind of vibes. Yeah, and you made a great point. Uh, a couple great points is, right, I think every song has piano in it. A lot of it actually will start with the piano, and then the rest of the instruments uh, kind of hop along in there. And, you know, I think a lot of people now, like, you know, you play with Count 77, you do keyboards in that band, but for us who knew you from the Britney Fox days, I, I didn't know you played keyboards and piano to this level, so it's it's pretty impressive. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I was required to be on guitar, so I was that's where I went, you know. Let's talk about a little bit like what the themes are on this album because it kind of feels like it, it could be a, a concept that runs throughout it or maybe it's just individual pieces that go together. Is there any kind of theme that, that runs throughout it? 
Well, there's all the all the lyrics mean something to me, mm -hmm. and but and I get people coming back saying different songs have touched them, you know, live the lyrics and stuff. It was sequenced in a way, Mike, that is is supposed to be in this order, particularly so that if you and it's hard for anybody to do this these days because of you know how everything attention span is quite different than it used to be. But in the days of in the days of vinyl records, though, they were see the a lot of energy and care went into the sequence, like which order the songs were in. So, and this one's like that. A lot of people will just hear a, a song or two off of it and, and whatever they listen that way. But it was meant to be heard from the beginning to the end. And I'm not, maybe not so much a concept album as it is just uh, those songs and hit you in that order. By the time it ends at the very last song, uh, it's, it's exactly the order I wanted people to hear it in, you know, if they, whether they do or not listen to it all at once like that. Now, right now, you don't have it on any kind of streaming services. Uh, is it going to stay that way? Or like, even like, I don't think you've got like a lyric video or anything like that. Are you just, are you going to go completely old school with this? Or are you going to try some of the things that, you know, are kind of in vogue at this point? Um, I did, my last album I did was all on all the streaming and that was cool. Right now it's going to be just on CD. You can get the lyrics on the website uh, for free there. You just download them. It's going to just stay on CD for a while. This is a limited edition run right now. So um, when it, when these are all gone and I, and I reprint, then I'm talking about doing some streaming stuff then. Uh, my last album's all, all over that stuff. But, yeah, I'm just waiting for a little while, um, just sorting out some different options. Uh, when it gets to that, but right now I'm right now I'm happy just to be just to have it available on CD. I know for me this was a real treat because I like really catchy, memorable songs, and I hate I, I don't want to point fingers at anybody that's still making music today, but I sometimes feel like some of the bands, especially bands that maybe existed in the '80s and '90s, that they they put stuff out. And I don't know I don't know if it's their best. I don't know if it's very memorable, but I, I feel like with this album there were so many songs that would be stuck in my head. Uh, wicked catchy you could sing along to them uh and i miss that like i don't feel like i get that all the time from stuff from of today and, and i i hate to say i'm a little bit kind of stuck i don't necessarily gravitate to the modern music that's out there today but i was definitely getting like the feeling especially having an actual physical cd listening to it every day you know jamming on it in the car it, i don't know it really kind of brought me back to like the old school way of doing things yeah that's still my favorite you know i i do i love a lot of the technology mike that's happened over the years especially being somebody who records music you know i mean it's it's night and day we, we started geez, way back when we were recording live to a cassette tape so it's like you know and then everything was on actual tape in the studio for years and years and years and you know so there are some things about this new period of, of technology i do like uh what i don't care for quite as much is is um i like i like the days of vinyl and i like the, the days of sequencing the, the songs yep. even though there were still singles back then um and I like, I just, I like ne whether it's heavy or not. I like, I like uh, melodic songs m the, the most, and that's in any any style at all. Um, so if, even if something's brand new, I don't necessarily buy a lot of new music. But when I hear something that's uh, that's that's melodic, I will like it. I just, I hear, I don't hear. I think from about 2000 up to today. Uh, the songwriting changed so much to me. I can still look back to the 90s and really enjoy 
a lot of stuff that was made in the 90s. Yep. Um, but that seemed like that was the end of the, well, what would you call it, uh, the standard songwriting style where, you know, you you remember the chorus, you and the song is structured in a way that you could, the listeners easily uh, turned on by it. They can, they can follow it easily, and it's memorable, and it's, you know what I mean? Uh, so like from 2000 to today, less and less music seems to follow that. They follow some other style of songwriting. I'm not sure what it is, you know? Yeah, so you talked about people telling you what songs really hit home with them. So maybe I'll tell you some of the ones that I really like, and maybe you can give your thoughts on some of these tracks. Obviously, the first song on it, uh, Are You Right, that to me sounds like that's the closest, uh, you know, that I really feel like it's that a you know classic Tommy Paris sound that, that, we're, that you're known for, but now you're integrating some of these other elements. It's kind of giving everybody a taste for it. And obviously the second track, uh, only love can do that to you. Dude, that is like a <laughs> song is very, very, very catchy, and it gets stuck in my head constantly. And you know, and it's kind of got that fast you know, piano jam. Almost reminds me of like "Don't Stop Me Now" a little bit. You know, and just the, right off the bat, those two really caught my ears, eyes, everything. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, I really like the whole album, and which is rare for me to say, Mike, because you know, there's always stuff that. You finish, and then it, as time goes by, you don't really like uh, mm-hmm. stuff on the album. Uh, I really still like this whole album, and th- those two songs in particular, of course, I really like. I'm glad you like those. Yeah, and uh, there's more. Talking with your head down, that's super cool. That kind of has that 70s, glammy, sweet type of a vibe. That's that's a super cool song, man. Right on. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, that one's fun. That one was that one. I had that one for some time, and I, I wrote it on guitar actually. And uh, I was just I, that it changed keys. I can't tell you like sixteen million times, and I just kept moving it around in different keys. It wasn't sounding right, and it was sounding like some other tunes. And I was like, so I, I, I finally one day it just it came to me like the key and it changing the chord structure around, so it was like trying to move into some other area then it, it, at first it was just kind of following some old tropey songwriting and then mm-hmm. eventually it kind of just morphed into what it is now and I, and I finally found a key to park it in and yeah I, I love that song it's just really a lot of fun Love Me to the Last Day it's got that real big you know power chord chorus you know I mean that's that's a killer one too right on yeah yeah that's uh it's still a lot of, some of it's, you know, like, to me, it's a departure a little bit, mm-hmm. and then somebody else may hear and go, oh, it just sounds like the same stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's from everybody's perspective, but, yeah, to me, to me, it's it's moved on just enough for me to, to still dig it where it's, it's interesting and fun for me to do uh, without losing a lot of the things, of course, that I like about, you know, rock and hard rock. I also really like Neverwall. I'm a big Kiss fan, and I don't know if you like Kiss or not, but like I feel like I, I could feel like the verses kind of remind me it could be like a Paul Stanley solo album. Nineteen, you know, it's, it's giving me that '70s Paul Stanley vibe. And uh, I got to ask you, what 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 is the Neverwall, man? What what is that song about? What is Neverwall about? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I normally like when people tell me what stuff's about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Have you, if you've read the lyrics to that one yet? No, I haven't read the lyrics. Just been listening to it. And, and uh, uh, okay, so you say don't make the call to the never wall. So I don't know, man. It almost feels like like never never wall would be like you know something you can't get past. And maybe you don't. 
I don't know. You don't want to go there. You don't want to have that kind of mindset of never. I don't know. Maybe that, that's, that's what I'm taking out of it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty close to what I had in mind. Yeah, okay. it's, it's uh, a lot of it's, if you listen to the verse, you read the lyrics of the verse. It, it's essentially kind of about, you know, it, not sitting on the sidelines and, and jumping in and, and being the one who's critiqued and the one who's analyzed and stuff as opposed to the opposite where you, you're on the sidelines and, and you critique whatever field mm-hmm. it is where, uh, you know, it's like different. Once you, once you put yourself out there for whatever that happens to be, it could be, uh, it could be anything. Um, you, you stand on your own two feet. You say, okay, let the critiquing begin. Right. Right. <laughs> and, the opposite, the opposite is uh, doing the critiquing, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like the uh, dichotomy of both being in both of those positions, you know, mm-hmm. on the one, one on the sidelines and one in the field, and and the kind of the correlation between both of them living together. So if that makes any sense, if you read the lyrics, maybe you'll get that, maybe you won't. But that that's kind of where that one came from. What that one's about. Nice, nice, man. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. When it comes to like playing piano and keyboards, it, like like you do in Count Seventy Seven, is it weird to this day for you to be kind of more in the back because like so many of us know you as a guy of being out in the front? I mean, are you cool with being in the background? Oh, absolutely. It's um, I'm a I'm a member of the group. I sing on everything. Um, it's to me the whole thing is is if the whole thing comes off or not. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm one guy of six, and so if if it comes off, then I'm happy. You know, that's really that's really the main thing for me. Whether you know whether I'm out front or on the side or wherever I'm at, uh, I just I like to I like to do the best I can to, to hold up my end of the deal and and have the whole thing go over. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yeah, no, I have no problem at all. Now, when you go back to your last album, so this, like we said, this new album has definitely got some different elements, bit of a departure, but not so far off that somebody, you know, couldn't comprehend what was going on. Um, when you did the Tommy Paris Band album, that one was definitely more straightforward. Is that something you wanted to get out there at that point? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That, the idea behind that was actually to, to put that out uh, and play half of that album and then the other half Britney Fox stuff so it was kind of it's kind of designed to go along with that so that the live band would would be able to so it would mesh with the older Britney tunes more um so yeah that was that was by design it was kind of just you know designed to be exactly what it is mostly you know most all of it was designed to go along with those other tunes you know yeah because it does almost feel like it could be the the follow-up the true follow-up to bite down hard I've heard a few people say that, and I take that as a great compliment. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, it just it just happened to be uh, it just happened to be what was in me at the time, and you know I was trying to uh, trying to mix those together to uh, you know just have a have a mix of that. So because the idea was always to just to move on, you know, like like bite down hard's cool, but then for to be playing that same material for thirty years, <laughs> it's like after a while, it's like you want to draw uh, some music from other albums and stuff so yeah um yeah that one was designed to go along with the old tunes a lot uh as you know i run a twitter site that's all about 80s metal and everything and and when bite down hard comes up man a lot of people think it's the best britney fox album i mean that's got to make you feel good when you see those kind of comments out there 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I, that's nice to hear, and I, you know, it's like, a, and then some people, some people, it's like, you know, not the real Britney Fox, right, and right. so I get both, you know, um, which is fine. Like I said, it's, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love hearing that people uh, say that uh, uh, Bite Down Hard is is the best out, al- the best Britney album. That's pretty cool to hear. Absolutely, yeah. When I listen to that album and I listen to the stuff you do today, I mean, I, I can hear like what your style is and, and how it comes through. When I look at the songwriting credits, I think a lot of it says you and Billy Childs and it says you and, and Michael Kelly Smith, maybe some of it. But were you really the main writer? Because those guys didn't write anything on those other two albums. Were you pretty much driving the ship when it came to writing? No, as a, as a matter of fact, uh, those were, uh, when I wrote with Billy and Michael, those were 50-50 efforts for sure. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so cool. the, the box, Without yeah, without boring you, Mike. The process would be, for example, uh, Billy would give me a cassette, say with like uh, the kind of skeleton of of five tunes that he had written the music to, and it would have guitars and uh, drum machine and bass on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then he'd give me those, and I'd take them away and write lyrics and come up with melodies for those. And Michael did the same. So that we were so I got music was almost complete nearly complete uh and then i did like uh, i just called the other half you know the, the, the lyrics and the melodies and would bring in would sing on them and then make a mix of that and then send it back to them and we would do that for a long time and uh all the stuff from bite down hard happened that that way with uh with me writing over their existing music that they gave me oh okay so that must have been kind of liberating for them to do this album and get more involved because when you look at the songwriting credits of the first two albums, they all say Dean Davidson. I don't think any of the other guys' names are mentioned. Once again, we all know that people put in their little own stylings, but he pretty much had all the songwriting credits on those first two. Yeah, I think I think, um, I think think Michael is credited on like co-writing Dream On or one of them. I'm not sure which one it was, but yeah. Yeah, he was mainly doing all of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. It's like... Uh, songs come out different ways and I've written them a lot of different, you know, written by myself, written with other people and, and you know, it's like uh, this last project was so long and so laborious, Mike. It's like thinking about writing lyrics and melodies only is like a walk in the park. I say, oh my God, that would be so easy. <laughs> I know. This, but, you know, but, and we forgot to mention, it worth it. too, is, is that, like, you played all of it. Like, you played the drums, the guitar. I mean, we did drum program. Is it drum programming on the album? No, that's all real drums. That's all real drums. Okay, so you did the drums, the bass, the guitar, the writing. I mean, that that's a mammoth project, man, so kudos to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. It was massive. It was uh, – I'm, I'm so happy I did it, uh, definitely – Absolutely, I think I think if it weren't for like the pandemic jacking everybody up, right. it it would have it wouldn't have been quite as long. But that definitely like could have breaked in the project. So that you know it would have been long anyway, probably mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But not that long. <laughs> what songs do you like the most when you go back to bite down hard? I know like I, I'm a big fan of Closer to Your Love and Look My Way. I, I think those are super, you know, once again, that's that melodic stuff. I like that a lot. Are there certain songs on there that you just love to this day? Which ones do you gravitate to? Well, if somebody's like, if, if I'm going to have somebody, they're going to listen to that album and they've never heard it and I'm, I'm just going to pick one song for them. Mm-hmm. Just like sum it all up. If they're only gonna listen to one, I always pick closer to your love. That's my favorite song on that album. Nice. All um, right. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. I, I like a lot of it for sure. I, I like uh, Lonely Too Long and Six Guns Loaded. Yeah. But um, yeah, Closer to Your Love is my favorite from that album. Before Britney Fox, so there was there was Jilson, and this was a, a band. And once again, when you listen to that, you shine right through. You can hear your style on there. Um, you were shopping for a deal before Britney Fox. Did you get close to getting a record deal when you were in Jilson? We were still shopping, but we were we were talking to Shrapnel Records. Okay. Uh, do you know Mike? You know Mike Varney who yep. owns Shrapnel Records. Yes. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking. That's that's when I first met Mike, and then that was a that was a forever ago. But we never we never signed with him. And before you know during the. During the period where we were shopping, a friend of mine, she gave me a trade magazine and said, check this out. And she opened it to an ad that said, you know, Britney Fox is looking for a new singer. She goes, you should check it out. And I took I took the magazine home and it was, a, you know, a trade magazine. It's, a, it's all kind of like the insider business uh, type of publication. Anyways, I took it home, set it down, didn't think much more. And then as time went on, I was like, another week went by and I looked at it again. I'm like, and I started checking it out and I started seeing what I could do about it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, we were kind of, we were getting there, but who knows if we would have, who knows if, if we would have gotten signed or not. I'm not sure that we would have. Right. Uh, but it was going well. We were getting to uh, we're getting labels out to see uh, showcases and all that, you know. But well, you ended up on Atlantic Records uh, with Britney, so that that was that's a little that's even better than, than Shrapnel. Yeah, well, that worked out good. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that worked out good. We actually like it's it's a trip because after that we they put uh, Sony put out an album called Extended Versions and. And then we had a song on this Nintendo compilation album that had uh, Roy Orbison and Sheena Easton and stuff on yeah, it. And that I was, remember that. That was on MC. Yeah, have you heard that? Turn yeah. On from that album? Yes. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, and that was that was on MCA. And then uh, then we did uh, then we got that deal with uh, Spitfire, which is Eagle Rock. We did Springhead Motor Shark. So yeah, it's uh, yeah it's it's been it's been way cool, you know. There was a there was a period between uh, between the because the band was on Columbia when I joined, mm-hmm. and then the band was dropped by Columbia and then picked up by Atlantic, but um so there was a period in between there where we were without a house, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know it was uh, a lot of people down to where we were writing music and stuff which is in, was in Seattle City in Jersey yeah and managed to managed to get a, a deal on Atlantic so that was cool. Was there a group of people at Atlantic that still believed kind of in you know, like hard rock heavy metal because I look at like um you know this album comes out in 91 and I want to say they signed TNT pretty late and in 92 they did realize fantasy so it seemed like Atlantic was still believed in, in this kind of music was there was there some people there that did that or what was the story over there well check this out it was a, a branch of Atlantic a, a sub label mm-hmm. called East West you heard of that yeah East West yep okay so the president was Sylvia Roan, and her band that she that she was all in for was En Vogue. Remember En Vogue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, so I remember we had a, remember had a, having a meeting with her with our manager and the band and about you know the campaign to promote the album and all that. And in retrospect, I realized you know she uh, she definitely you know she was a president of that label, so I mean she definitely had favor for En Vogue because that was her baby, you know. <laughs> and so I think I think things were besides the other stuff in the rock world that was changing. I think uh, label wise, there they were starting down a different road, you know. So it was yeah, it was definitely a uh, definitely uh, 
likes of being the last guy asked to the party, you know? <laughs> so basically there wasn't a big rock presence over there and it was kind of fading out as the 90s began then. Yeah, I mean, they, the turnover in uh, the turnover in stat, you know, A&R people and, and people who work at the labels was amazing. It's like every time you turned around, there was a new person in place of the person that you were just talking to a couple months ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it's quite it's quite a fluid business. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I, I think I saw that Billy has a version of Britney Fox that he's got out there, and, and, he's, and he's got the Britney Fox name out there. Do you even care? I mean, are you pretty much done with Britney Fox and just want to do your own thing? Yeah, no, I mean, that's cool if, if he wants to do that. I have no problem with that. That's, mm-hmm. I, for me personally, it's like I, I just – I'll play some stuff with my solo band, you know, from that time. Yep. For sure, and, and and enjoy it though, Mike, and definitely enjoy it. But to play that music exclusively, I just I just can't do it anymore. I don't. I'm just. It's not. It's not fun for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made a good point, like you said earlier. I mean, you can look back at that album and say, oh, that you know, that was a great time, and we did that. But you know, like I said, over 30 years later, you know, things change. You want to try different things, and I'm telling you, everybody's got to check out what you're doing now because they'll still get that vibe that they love from back in the day but they're going to get some different elements in there too man so i really once again i can't i can't recommend enough to people to check this out uh thanks mike i appreciate that yeah it's just it's only available on the website uh so you can go there and it will take you to where you can buy it and the lyrics you can download them there for free on there but uh yeah everybody check it out for sure so what's next for you what's on the agenda you are you gonna get a band together and and play some of this stuff live what what do you want to do next yeah that's the goal i got i we're doing a bunch of 77 gigs starting up in august um and so we'll be doing those and I just, we're recording some new stuff. I just did some vocals yesterday in the studio with them. So I'll be doing live dates with them. And then when 77 isn't playing, yeah, I'd like to get my band out, my solo band, and, and play uh, most all of Earth Ears. And then some stuff from older albums and, you know, some some stuff from uh, even way back when. And uh, have a good mix of stuff, you know, but mainly focus on the, the new album, Perfect. Earth Ears. Awesome, man. Well, hey, once again, thanks for your time. Glad we got to connect and uh, just keep rocking, man. Keep making music like this because uh, it's, it's music has to continue. It can't, it can't, it can't just you know be from the '80s and, and never progress. It's got to continue. Got to keep at it, man. What else am I gonna do, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You've been doing this stuff a long time. I can't imagine you want to make a, a, a you know a drastic career change. Yeah, no, not at this point. I'm all in now. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. All right, take care, Mike. Well, that was great talking with Tommy. Make sure you go to TommyParis.com and buy the new solo album, Earth Ears. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Rock on!